Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome to another episode of the Drive Time Show here on the Voice of Islam Radio. Today is Tuesday, the 9th of January 2024, with myself, Sharjil Ahmed, and also Zakaria Sheikh, who will be uh, who is with me here in the studio as well. Assalamu alaikum rahmatullah. And uh, how are you doing this afternoon? Wa alaikum assalam rahmatullah. Peace be upon you too. Um, I'm doing well by the grace of Allah. How are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm doing good as well. Uh, it's, it is getting quite cold, isn't it? It is. I it's, was, uh, it's actually freezing it's, uh, outside. It's freezing cold. When I came inside, I was, um, you know, I, I sat next to the heater yeah. and in the next room. Um, so I'm warm and, and uh, ready. Uh, ready now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good, good to know. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is, uh, it, th- when it comes to this part, this part of the year, sometimes you would uh, expect it to get a little bit, be it could be get a bit warmer now, isn't it? But it's yeah. like, it's still. I think it's colder than December right now. Yeah. Um. How cold it was. But 2023 was actually it was marked the hottest year, um, since records began. Wow. Um. So throughout the whole year, yep. it was the hottest it's ever been. Um, according to you know when the when the record started, as I just mentioned, it was definitely hot. I mean, I've never. Yeah. Uh, in 2023 right. till this year basically I've never experienced uh, so, so the the whole winter time the, the last year yeah. as in last year and end of last year basically mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. it's supposed to, it's supposed to be very cold so it was it was quite really you know it was 10 12 13 14 degrees so we're just expecting when, when is the, when is the cold going to come mm. when is the cold going to hit and now, yesterday now or so, now it, it really hit <laughs> us. And then yeah. we're like, okay, good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, it was good that uh, it was not that cold. But yeah, I, I don't mind the cold um, if it's if it snows. But <laughs> it yeah. rarely snows in the I UK. I mean, you're going to have to go up, to, up north, isn't it? Up for north, that, though, up yeah. north for that. Yeah, they experience far. it much more than, uh, than we do here in the south. Yeah. Um, just uh, talking about what we're going to be discussing this part of the show, we're talking about the NHS um, yet again and how we can resolve the junior doctor pay issue. This is has been this, this has been an issue for a very long time now. Yeah, it has. And uh, <clears throat> with all the with all of these cuts, with all of these when we when we, you know, when we talk about it from a financial perspective, not mm. just the NHS, but the whole public sector as a whole. You know, you look at doctors you look at uh, teaching staff in you know in schools and primary schools, secondary schools, teaching staff, teachers, assistant teachers. You know, there's cuts over there as well. Hmm. Other places you see in the public sector, you know, even in the even in you know the the metropolitan police, there's been cuts there as well. There's been cuts in almost all you know majority of the different public sectors, and we see that the NHS has been has taken a huge sort of blow when it comes to when it comes to these cuts. Yeah. And these junior doctors are those ones or those people, those doctors who are facing a major issue mm-hmm. since a very long time or for a very long time. And this hasn't been resolved. But what can we do to resolve it? Yeah. And that's what we wanna that's what we want to talk about. Secondly, um towards the latter part of the show we're gonna be talking about electric Electric cars, 
yeah that's <laughs> and that's a big that's a big question for a lot of people that's a big question i mean um, we've discussed this earlier as well last year um, but this is an issue that um, is needed to be discussed um, yeah every it, year it is, right it is, because it is. Uh, not everyone is aware of uh, the benefits uh, or the downfall or you know the pros and the cons of electric cars um or the opposite of electric cars where we can say that yeah. uh, the use of um you know petrol or diesel right so it is also something which um, you know is needed to be discussed because that is also something which will be the future of England especially London isn't it Absolutely. but yeah of course um you know this is something that we will be discussing in the next hour but uh, this hour you know we will be discussing about um doctors junior doctors especially yeah. um are they being treated well do they uh are, are they paid uh, correctly or are they paid uncorrectly which means you know underpaid hmm. and yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. from from the news as well we learned that they are pay, being paid um much lesser much much lesser than mm. you know other countries other countries other countries which uh, you know which was once the colony of britain before mm. uh, where where they all also speak um, you know english but uh, you know we will be comparing what they get and what the, the uk, UK uh, receives yeah. Um, yeah. so this is something that we will be discussing and also i want to we have quoted this hadith before and uh, we have quoted hadith means um, a saying of the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him hmm. and this is a beautiful hadith beautiful uh, saying of the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him where he says that pay wages to the worker before his sweat is dry right um and this is from sunan ibn majah one of the the books of hadith books of the sayings of the holy prophet what do you understand from this um Hmm. this from the saying. saying of the holy I prophet I mean like you mentioned it's uh, it is a very beautiful a very comprehensive saying of the holy prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him that those people who are in authority those people who are maybe you know the CEOs the managers who are in charge of uh, of people right mm-hmm. and they have people working under them yep they need to make sure that their uh, the employ the employees are getting paid as soon as possible mm-hmm. and at the quickest time the 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 first time yeah first time what i mean is by you know they've done something they've done their job and you you pay them you don't delay their pay yeah because if you delay their pay how are they going to live you know how are they going to live and provide for their family how are they exactly. going to put bread and butter on the table yeah if they're waiting for that paycheck to come in mm-hmm. and you know they they're literally waiting 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 and then the day comes mm-hmm. and you don't pay them yep. that can be you know that can be quite disastrous yeah um, it is it can be a disaster for 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 a lot of people i i know a friend of mine um he was just telling me that he's been working uh, at a farm um, i think it's a sorry not a farm um, he was working with uh, a lawyer mm-hmm. and he's been working for a few months now and uh it's not been paid hmm. it's not been paid and he said i'm struggling a lot yeah and i've asked him to pay and he said that uh, i can give you a loan but i can i cannot pay you yet hmm. so 
and and he was telling me how much he was struggling uh, both uh, husband and wife they had to work now because the rent yeah. is really high etc yeah. etc et so it's it has become very very difficult for them and and unfortunately uh, you know not everyone is perfect of course but yeah. unfortunately you know people forget to follow the teachings of the holy prophet and when we follow this every single uh, of course first of all muslims should be hmm. following this because this is a saying of the holy prophet it's not just something you may do it hmm. it's it's your option no it is your duty to do this yeah, yeah. because otherwise you will be unjust to the people who work under you and if you don't give their their due rights or treat them well how do you think they will uh, work uh, with efficiency with efficiency that's 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 100% i think mm. you've hit the nail on the head there as well and i just want to ask maybe you know the the listener as well what they, what they think about this mm-hmm. 0068687 is the number for you to call to tell us what you know what you think mm-hmm. what do you think about this very concise but very 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 elaborate mm-hmm. as well saying of the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him that pay wages to the worker before his sweat is dry mm-hmm. now that is so beautiful that you know that that if employers and people who are you know managers mm-hmm. big big uh, shareholders stockholders they have this ability right they they it's not like they haven't got the money they do have the money to pay yep a lot of the times they can pay whatever means by whatever means that they that they that they have but they don't they delay it yeah and when they do delay it that can cause serious serious problems mm-hmm. just like you mentioned your friend you know they his you know not just him but his wife had to work as well now yep. and that's the same thing for a lot of people a lot of households now you see that the mother the father both parents they yep. they they're working yeah you would see that if they ch- if they child of if they have children mm-hmm. they they come to that age of you know they 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 they're working class they can work as well mm-hmm. they can join the workforce they're also working they're yeah. contributing all of them are contributing just to put mm-hmm. bread and butter on the table just so that they can survive yeah exactly and we know that energy bills are so you know skyrocketing mm. fuel is so expensive mm-hmm. you know these days it's ha- it has gone down a little bit mm. but still it's it's still expensive mm commodities all these different things we see that they are very very much expensive yeah and it's it's a serious issue that if we delay that payment mm-hmm. that would be quite detrimental mm. uh, for for the for the household mm. and that can like you mentioned it can affect their efficiency mm. that can affect the way they that they work their work mentality their work ethic yep Ob- obviously you think that they would want to work anymore obviously mm. not they're not going to get they're not going to give the 100% now yeah, exactly. because they know if they, if they if they work or if they do a lousy job mm-hmm. they're not going to get paid anyway so exactly. what's the point of putting hard effort into it they're just going to do a lousy job this is what's happening it? with the the junior doctors as well right um they yeah, that's what I know that yeah. they need the experience they need to work they need to survive but again they are not willing to work because they're not being paid that's correctly the and that's why uh, these people are getting out and doing riots as well right so when you look at why do they the, do the riots or, or why are they on a strike you'll see that um, you know for example the, the past week junior doctors 
um, they had their longest strike yeah. ever in NHS history. And we've seen this in the previous years, years as well. I think one of the, uh, maybe it was last year, the year before, they had a calendar of strikes and the whole yeah. calendar was filled of strikes. Every and, single yeah. day was filled with uh, a strike of or something. Know, or something, yeah. 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 It, it's, 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 uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, it's amazing, but you can see how, uh, how problematic that is, how yeah, people is. are depressed because they're not being, um, they, they're not being paid justly. Um, and similarly, um, the, 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 the last six days from Wednesday, 3rd of January till today, till Tuesday is basically, you know, they, they, they were on strike and the strike revolves around and ongoing disagreement over the pay between the British Medical Association and the government. And this is why they're on the strike. And according to the union, junior doctors in England, uh, they have experienced a real term pay reduction of 26% since 2008. So wow. it's been reducing since then um, and this is due to pay increases falling below the inflation rate yeah that, that's that's quite shocking and staggering as well yeah. because you know if you remember 2008 was when we had the recession as well yeah and we were going towards that mm-hmm. and the prime minister did say last year that by the end of the year we are going to you know, get inflation back to, you know, because it was so high, yep. reduce it by at least half mm-hmm. by the end by the end of the year. But we see that junior doctors have seen, like you mentioned, 26% yeah. redu- pay reduction since 2008. So since that, since that recession happened, we have seen it go 26% below 26% that. 26% is yeah, a, that's a, that's a, lot. a lot. That's a lot. It's a high number. And the thing is, is that because the infl- inflation rates are so high, yeah. and like, like, you know, just like I mentioned before as well, that all of these bills that we have to pay, mm-hmm. they're so high as well. Yeah. If you just look at council tax and all of these other taxes that, 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 that there are, yeah. not just that, but energy bills and all of these other, you know, paying rent, all of these things, commodities, buying mm-hmm. groceries, all of these things have gone up, skyrocketed. Yep. Yep. And for cuts to be in place, but on the other side, you know, you're getting paid less. Yes, the, the, the minimum wage has gone up a little bit, but you're getting paid less than previous years, than, mm-hmm. you know, almost, almost two decades ago. Yeah. And your, your, you know, the, the, the energy bills and all of these other bills are going up. Mm-hmm. So how are you supposed to, how are you supposed to survive? How are you supposed to live? Exactly. We're living in a in a developed world, mm-hmm. but this is the situation over here. Mm-hmm. This is something that you would sort of maybe expect from happening, expect it happening from in a in a, in a developing country. Mm-hmm. But we're we're already in a so called developed country. We're living in the in the first world, and you know there's there's this scarcity in 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 in, in all of this. Yeah, I mean. A lot of people who come from abroad, they have mm. expectations as well. They have like a a dream that when they come to this country, they will be, you know, treated well, or they have they will have a good income, etc., yeah. etc. But yeah. if the people are going through difficulties as well, Literally. then it becomes very difficult. And when they when and when they come, 
when they realize all these struggles then you know of course it's uh, they become upset yeah and i was i was doing some research and was going through some videos and i was uh, the one of the note or one of the um what do you call it um uh the chats someone said i was actually planning to come to the uk mm. to be a doctor right. but now i have changed my mind yeah. <laughs> because i've seen what is happening what was in the, the situation over yeah. here as well exactly we can get some sort of first hand experience as well from uh, from dr nadim who's on the line with us who's a gp registrar and member of the umure tolaba which is the the sort of the affairs that looks at looks at students yeah. here in the Ahmadiyya Muslim community assalamu alaikum peace be upon you and welcome to the show dr nadim wa alaikum assalam jazakallah for having me thank how you, is everyone thank you so much for joining us and we're doing great here in the studio thank you so much for asking um just to begin with being a a junior doctor yourself you I mean obviously you have that first hand experience how do you feel that if you are actually being valued in the nhs do you feel as if you are or do you th- think as if you and your colleagues are being neglected so as a junior doctor um i think we feel massively undervalued by the nhs and this sentiment is echoed by the masses of junior doctors that i've worked with hmm. um the main reason i think is declining working conditions and that's caused by two main aspects number one is that the workload has gone up a lot there are a lot more patients presenting to ane and the patients are a lot more complex because they're getting older so hmm. they have more complex medical needs so this increases workload the second aspect is that the pay of junior doctors as you mentioned earlier has not kept up with inflation so doctors have had a pay cut of 26% compared to 2008 so if you combine these two factors um it takes 10 years to become a specialist so that's 10 years of junior doctor training hmm. 10 years of having more work and less pay uh, is taking a toll and uh, i think that's why doctors sentiment is that they feel undervalued I mean like you said that's the same sort of feeling across the board isn't it and what what yes. do you think then what are the overall consequences of not giving junior doctors a pay restoration well obviously when it comes to when it comes to the NHS is there a fear yeah. for the NHS then yes yeah, so apart from the individualistic perspective of receiving a pay cut um poor pay actually has a much wider implication for the future of the NHS and ultimately the people of the UK Hmm. So if we don't pay doctors their worth and value they'll simply leave yeah. and the yeah. retention rate for doctors is something which is a huge issue in the NHS. There was a recent survey which suggested 4 out of 10 doctors plan to leave the NHS and I know a lot of doctors myself from my medical school uh, which have already left uh, to other countries like Australia. Um hmm. I, I don't think many people know this but it costs the taxpayer One hundred and seventy thousand pounds to train a medical student to become a doctor, and this is excluding the tuition fees that's paid mm-hmm. by the students. So, as a country, we spend a lot of money to make doctors, and if they leave the NHS, that is a real shame. Yeah. So, it's all to do with the working conditions, as I mentioned. So, uh, more work, less pay, um, and the consequences is we're going to have a lack of doctors. 
Um, there is a kind of uh, new thing that the NHS is doing, and that's training nurses uh, in a clinical sense to kind of do more jobs that doctors do. Mm-hmm. So I think overall this may lead to a decline in the standards of healthcare within the NHS. So this is why it's very important that we improve the working conditions of doctors uh, so that they stay in the UK. Uh, they have a unique set of skills and are an asset to our society. Mm. We are also, um, uh, you know, just before uh, got, we got you on, we were discussing about the strikes which are ongoing. Um, yes. And, and of course, it's understandable that people are frustrated. Um, but do these strikes actually help? So the strikes have been ongoing for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been several rounds of strikes. Um, the latest strike ended this morning at 7 a.m., uh, there have been some offers by the government. The latest offer uh, was 6% plus £1,250 pound lump sum, uh, which is a long way off the target of 35% that the DMA and doctors are hoping for. Mm-hmm. Um, at this stage, personally, I'm not sure if strike action will help doctors get closer to a deal, given mm-hmm. that we've been striking for over a year. Mm-hmm. Um, the strike has, however, improved the awareness of the actual issue, the local issue and the working conditions within the NHS. So I don't think with the current government there will be a resolution that uh, doctors and the government will be happy with. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what is the solution then? Um, can you imagine a solution to this issue um, that will ensure the junior doctors a uh, fairly compensation? Under the current government, I don't see a solution. Mm. Um, I just don't see the BMA and government agreeing eye to eye. The the pay offer and the one we're hoping for is a long way off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to be honest, I'm not actually surprised with this government. Um, I think it's demonstrated multiple times in the past few years that it prioritizes its own self-interest above that of the people. You know, when you see the government wasting uh, millions and millions of pounds on dodgy PPE contracts or funding proxy wars abroad that have nothing to do with the British people. Mm-hmm. And doctors and nurses come and they're asking for a pay restoration, getting denied. Of course, they're going to be dissatisfied and they're going to go to the length of striking. I think the best hope for junior doctors is probably new leadership and hoping that if a new government does come, they'll pay junior doctors fairly. Yeah, I hope the same, um, at least if the government changes or at least they look to change the rules that they have yeah i pray the best for 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 the doctors especially the junior doctors of course um thank you very much um for your time uh dr nadim and and answering our questions uh jazakallah may allah bless you jazakallah it's been a pleasure assalamu alaikum peace be upon you that was uh, Dr. Nadeem, who's a GP registrar and member of the Amur Taliba, you know, the association which uh, looks after the affairs of the, the students. Being a junior doctor himself, he had first-hand experience in yeah. regards to that as well, mm-hmm. isn't it? And uh, telling us from uh, from the ground level that there are real problems, and it's not it's not just something that we talk about and we say yes, there are problems, this and that. Yeah, but this is you know we you know spoke to a real. Uh, you know, a, a, a junior doctor who's who is you know in this field, mm-hmm. and it's not just him. He said that a lot of other people. I mean, this is the same sort of perspective across the spectrum. Yeah. Do you think that you know, with new leadership, we can 
go towards a better place and uh, you know that will be that will make a an active difference zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number for you to call to tell us what you think in regards to in regards to this as well he said that a hundred the, the, the you know the taxpayer yeah pays a hundred and seventy thousand pounds for a doctor to you know to train a doctor or for mm-hmm. a person to actually go yeah. into that field and become a doctor mm-hmm. and for us to sort of turn around and waste that money and say to the doctors that once they've become once we've spent a hundred and seventy thousand pound on the, on a doctor yeah Just to say that you know we're going not we're not going to pay you properly. Yeah. You're going to have longer hours. You're going to have longer shifts. You're going to have less breaks, and we're not going to pay you because we're not just going to pay you. We're going to reduce your payment. So <laughs> it doesn't do make sense. It I mean, make sense I, and, at and all. the government, if they want, they can make the changes. There's a Absolutely. lot of money going to so much unnecessary things. Absolutely. And I was listening to one of the previous shows and. Uh, they were just discussing about how many pounds that was in millions millions of pounds were wasted in uh, for the uh, the um, the new year's eve the countdown the, 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 countdown, yeah, the countdown for the new year um uh, for, for fireworks. fireworks so yeah. many pounds yeah. are wasted there i mean people might okay they, they might enjoy the, the fireworks but so many so and, and this is something yeah. which is also connected yeah. with the, the 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 second hour that that's also something which is uh, not uh, good for the environment yeah. either and yeah. it's a wastage of money absolutely it's yeah. a wastage It of is. money i mean that means government has enough money to yeah. uh, to give the doctors their the the right right yeah if they wanted they could yeah. and you know, i agree with the uh, you know our guest that we had that either the the leader of the country needs to change the rules yeah for justice or you know they need to be changed yeah spend money wisely isn't it spend money where they where 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 is due now what we started off the saying of the holy prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him if we just take this hadith if we take this saying mm-hmm. um and apply it to the nhs yeah how how beautiful would that be we would see that as soon as you know doctors do you know do an operation or see attend to attend to the patients and then they get paid they they do share whenever it's it's the time for their payment they get paid mm-hmm. they would be happy they would want to work more exactly they would want they, they would be happy to 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 pay to, you know to 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 spend longer hours to do longer shifts if they know that they're going to get paid exactly it just reminds me of something right right i'm not saying that everyone is the same but i've realized when i whenever i go to the doctors um they're always depressed <laughs> I'm, i'm you know some of them yeah. my uh, you know uh, and and it's understandable i can understand it mm. it's just it's it's very frustrating it's very you cannot smile in a situation where the, you have to work you know over hours and you're not being even paid yeah. and you know that you you have to work but you're not going to be paid not going to be paid yeah so even though there's not going to be any enthusiasm there's automatically even if i'm well, well my situation is different but anyone who knows that he has to work from 9 till let's say uh 5 or let's say 9 till 9 yeah. or whatever yeah, right whatever, and then yeah. they know that they'll be paid accordingly <laughs> they will work with enthusiasm and they will work with uh, with whatever they have and there will be a smile in their face mm. but when you go to the doctors and you see that they're depressed mm. 
then there's something not right with them and of course we understand why yeah and then then of course the, the patients as well they would say they would say okay, <laughs> i came now to I'm worse. <laughs> now i'm worse <laughs> now i'm worse than i was before and you know what they say they say that laughter is the biggest medicine exactly and if you you know if doctors if they if they serve with if they serve with you know with, with that passion with the with a smile on their face yeah a lot of the time the the patients would you know the, I'm not saying that will fix their problems, but that will make it easier. It They'll make the healing process easier. Mm-hmm. The medication will become easier. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like you said, it's not, we understand that it's not the doctor's fault. It's not huh. the nurse's fault. Uh-huh. But it's something that they become desensitized as well. Yeah. They, they obviously, they have long hours. Hmm. If they are not getting paid their due share, yeah. and they're not getting bonuses for working longer hours hmm. or longer days or extra shifts and this and that. Hmm. If they're not, if that's not happening, then obviously they're going to be depressed. Obviously they're going, they're not going to have a smile on their face. Yeah, exactly. Obviously they're going to do a lousy job. Yeah. Then know? they would also think that why am I even working? Why here? am I even working? Here? Yeah. But then, I just want to motivate the the junior doctors and the doctors as well. I know it's very difficult to grasp. Yeah. This this point, but this might motivate you is that. We, as believers, we worship God Almighty. Yes. But that physical worship that we do five times a day has no value to God Almighty if we do not serve humanity in whatever capacity we 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 can, right? Mm. And doctors are doing the the the, the job that they have. Um, that is something which is one of the best, number one, or you know, one of the best. Mm. jobs that you can do mm. to serve humanity and we have spoken about this many times in our yeah, shows we have. that the rights of God Almighty that can never be fulfilled as a believer unless we fulfill the rights of, of our fellow human beings Absolutely. and they're already doing that doctors are already doing that doesn't matter if they uh, you know they can do it with enthusiasm or not it doesn't matter whatever they're doing right they will be blessed and god is pleased with them uh, you know they will be blessed and they are blessed yeah so just just imagine that you're doing this and if you're doing this to, to for for the sake of humanity then this this the work that you're doing it will, it will never be wasted yeah it will never be wasted even if you don't believe in a god remember that if you treat someone and that person get uh, you know heals through your um, uh, through your advice yeah. or through your treatment yeah. they will always be thankful to you and this will always and this is something which we should always remember that this is something that can you know keep you going that you're not just doing for the sake of earning money and I understand that everything has become mm. more expensive yeah. and I understand that you expect more because it, it has become very very difficult but then again you will be blessed by God Almighty of the work that you're doing if you do it justly if which means justice, yeah. uh, which means that you know there there are instances where um, some of the doctors and they of course they uh, uh, they do get um, sometimes what happens is uh, people then record things that is done by the doctor, some of the doctors, which is uh, you know mistreating some of the patients. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So of course, very little per- people do this, 
but if the doctors are doing it well and they're treating the the the, the, the patients um, professionally, right? You see that they will do definitely be blessed. And this yeah. blessing is something that I am saying as a believer, and I believe that this blessing is something that you will definitely get. Uh, you know, I, I I don't get the the opportunity to treat someone because I don't have this skill, of course, yeah. right? Uh, tr- treat as in as in uh, gives a doctor's advice and yeah. how to be you know well because health it comes first and everything comes after. If you don't have health, then everything becomes like a poison for you. <laughs> I mean, healthy body is a healthy mind, isn't it? Health, yes, exactly. And it's, it's something that if you take care of yourself, then you know your 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 mind will be free from. All these ill thoughts, bad things. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you're if you're eating healthy, if you're keeping yourself physically active, mm-hmm. and you're keeping, you know, you, you you're, you're treating yourself properly, and you're taking care of yourself, then your your mind will also, you know, not be. I won't say that can you can, you know you won't be depressed or you won't have anxiety and these things, but mm-hmm. it can reduce it very yeah. much so as well. Yeah. You know, once um, I was in the hospital for for whatever reason, I, I can't remember properly as well, but I heard one of the doctors saying, somebody asked one of the doctors that, you know, do you like do you like your job? And, uh, you know, you're, you're a doctor. Do you like do you like working here in the, in the yeah. hospital? Uh-huh. And they said that, yes, they do like it. They, li- they love their job. They love, yeah. you know, treating patients, looking at them, tending okay. to their yeah. needs as well. But... They said that it doesn't pay the bills, though. <laughs> it's true. So, so, yeah, so they, it's, true. it's it's something which they which they're having to sort of juggle, isn't it? Between that, exactly. They want to do their job because they the doctors because they want to help people mm. and they want to treat people and mm. make people better. Yeah. But paying the bills is a big thing as well. Yeah. That's part of life, isn't it? If you can't pay the bills, and you know you, you're working where you want to work. Yeah then you know the last thing you want to do is quit the job that you like doing exactly. for something that is going to pay isn't it yeah exactly so it's it's, it's it, that's the sort of situation that people are in and this yeah. is a this is real life that's why they're getting out that's why they that's why they're getting out they're uh, moving to other countries they're moving yeah. to you know they're moving either to other places because mm-hmm. some sometimes a different place or you know what what, what I mean by different places a different postcode you know, you have postcode lotteries as well. This is a sort of yeah. another postcode lottery. There's maybe a hospital in this borough, right, in this city, that might be paying you less. But, you know, if you're with the same profession, the same level of expertise in a different hospital, you might get paid even more. Yeah. So it's sometimes it's a postcode lottery uh, as well. But mm. also it's a UK thing because if the, you know, if 26%, they have decreased from 2008. Yeah. They wouldn't want to live here anymore. They, maybe they'll sort of move to Europe and it's, it's or been, other countries. It's been more than a decade, isn't it? Yeah, it's been nearly two decades. Nearly, nearly two, two decades. decades it's 2024. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> as in, if, if they don't see, uh, they had enough time to, yeah. uh, you know, to give the government, uh, you know, some chance yeah. to change. But if there's no changes, then you'll see a, uh, you know, you'll see, you'll, you'll be losing your valuable doctors, Absolutely. and that is what's happening at the moment, isn't it? No. Let's speak to our next guest, who's on the line with us, Maz Malik, who's a final year medical student. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to the show, Maz. Wa alaikum salam, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much for, for joining us this afternoon. Now, what are your ex- expectations as you enter the NHS as a as a practicing and qualified doctor? 
you have anything that you sort of are expecting that to happen? I think with the current state of the NHS and with the way that the government's been dealing with doctors and our um, union, uh, it's better that we have hopes and not expectations. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think that this is really important because the strikes aren't just about money. Hmm. Um, A big part of what the strikes are about is about having a safer working environment for doctors, having Hmm. regular breaks. So it isn't just about pay, but also opportunities for progression in people's careers and now more than ever doctors are not able to to progress as readily to consultant posts as they used to um and that is a that's a big concern for someone like me who's just going through the system and is potentially looking at 15 20 years to just try and become a consultant um so there's a lot of other issues that need to be dealt with and I hope my I guess another one of my hopes would be that um we have institutions and a government that is committed to bettering the NHS and not just improving uh working standards and safety for patient for, for doctors but also improving um the working conditions and uh patient safety across the NHS generally. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, we hope and we pray, I mean all goes well as well. Um Obviously, with the strikes going on, it's been well, you know one of the longest strikes uh, as well of the NHS junior doctors. With these strikes, has that had an impact on your studies? When it comes to obviously you're in your final year, has it impacted your your medicine experience and other fields as well? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've had about thirty odd days of strikes in the last calendar year from uh, in terms of doctor strikes, and that has obviously has an impact on medical student placements so on the on the days where there's strikes because there's only emergency or christmas day level cover in most cases mm. it's not safe to have medical students on mm. on the wards and that means that we just mi- that's just time that we've missed out now uh, the hospital where i was at they put on extra teaching sessions and tried to mitigate it with different things however at the end of the day that is clinical time that i an exposure that we just haven't had because of the strikes having said that it has actually been really positive to see solidarity among doctors and other members of staff in supporting the doctor strikes and there is that that i suppose that's the silver lining out of it is knowing that actually we are to get you know we're all together in this and we are supported by our um, allied care professionals as well yeah i want to ask you about your the overall morale has that you and have you experienced or your peers across the board as well have you guys experienced a a decline in morale when 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 it comes to these uh, you know knowing how you guys are treated and uh, knowing that in the future you might also have to face similar sort of uh, similar treatment yeah i think massively yes um we all signed up to gain skills to help people but seeing the state of the nhs now makes you feel a bit powerless sometimes i think with how limited some resources are and how crowded hospitals are getting that in in a lot of cases we're not able to provide the care that we want to and i think that's really really disappointing Hmm. and that's just aside from the pay issue um in itself in terms of actual statistics to back that up uh, there was recently an article which showed that there were uh, a poll amongst medical students 
suggested that a third of medical students were planning to leave the NHS after qualifying. Hmm. So I think that is a really, really staggeringly high number of people, wow. especially considering what Dr. Nadim was saying earlier about how much money it costs the taxpayer and actually us ourselves in getting trained to yeah. become doctors in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's had a massive impact on morale. Yeah. Uh, now the problem for uh, the pay has existed since uh, before you even entered medical school of course um as a current medical su- student have you noticed any uh, positive changes in the nhs during the <laughs> during your time i think there's a much greater awareness now which is very positive okay. i also think that in things not directly related to pay so things like diversity within our actual medical education that that those sorts of things have improved a lot so one very specific example is that we now get lots and lots of teaching in dermatology which is relating to skin conditions um on skin of color which wasn't the case 10 15 years ago mm-hmm. so i think things like that have changed a lot the other thing is that we now have doctors who come from everywhere in the world and you see more and more diverse groups of people in positions of, of power within the NHS which is very positive um but on the other hand things like waiting lists any waiting times ambulance waiting times have just gotten worse and worse and worse which is quite concerning so um at my last placement in the emergency department at a Surrey hospital i was witnessing patients being lined up in the corridors of hospitals and at times even having to wait in winter outside the hospitals because there was no space in A&E. Things were not like that before and things Mm. were definitely not like that uh, before when I started medical school. Mm. So in some ways things have improved but in a lot of ways things have become a lot more dangerous and scary. So it's more negative than positive. Um, Now in your opinion uh, how long do you think it will take for this issue to be solved i think this depends entirely on on the government really mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and their willingness to deal with the bma in good faith um so but in november there was an article that so before this six day strike there was there were already figures coming out saying that uh the, the junior doctor strikes had cost the nhs over a billion pounds Mm. when at the same time the BMA estimate um, of the net costs of giving the full 35% to doctors was around one billion in itself. So at what point does the government go, it's maybe not worth funding uh, like the, the yeah. crisis cover for the strikes and just paying doctors? Hmm. Yeah. So I think that's one very big factor. But in all honesty, I don't think anybody can answer that question. Uh, the most recent thing... Um, Dr. Nadine mentioned that they offered a 6% pay rise and £1,250 as a standalone hmm. um, rise. That, that's already in effect, but since then, an offer of 3% was put forward to the junior doctors' um, union, and that was rejected. So, And there was a, uh, there's an outright rejection of that because it's just too low. Even with the... Pre- so the previous... Um, pay rise was equated to about 8.8 percent they've offered now three more percent and there's still a strike and there is still a lot of appetite for strike i Mm. think what people sometimes don't recognize is that the junior doctor's ballot 
in favour of strike action had a, had a more than 90% um, in favour vote. Hmm. So there is a lot of appetite for strike, and I, I'm, I'm not sure if the government's going to put a credible offer forward. Let's hope for the best. Let's hope that the government will make some changes, of course. Um, and I hope that uh, you have a bright future uh, ahead. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much for joining us today and uh, uh, answering our questions. No worries at all. Lovely to speak thank to you guys. Lovely to speak to, to you too. So this was uh, uh, Maz Malik, final year medical student. Um, you know, although he's completing his studies now, but still mm. he's uh, in, you know, he's... I mean, we wishing for a, a yeah. bright future. He's looking. Yeah. He has chosen this, um, obviously because he likes it and to serve uh, humanity. But then also, uh, the expectations are not there. Yeah. Um, so we hope the best, of course, for for Mars and and other medical students as well. Of course, of course, because th- this problem is uh, not just for one or two or a handful of people mm. handful of junior doctors it's, it's across the it's across the board up and down the country yeah and uh, everyone is you know facing this uh, this issue as well this problem mm-hmm. so it is i think a logistical sort of thing that the government needs to look into or take seriously yeah because if if not then Then the strikes will will just happen again, isn't it? Strikes I mean, will happen. Strikes we will, will lose happen. our our doctors. The, the an amount of time, time, effort, money, effort, all of these money things has been put for the, the the doctors that will go to waste. Yeah. Other countries they will take them, of course, and this country will just stay behind. And like he he was also saying that there is a diversity, and and people come from different countries with different experiences. Doctors will stop coming as well because yeah. they don't see any uh, any benefit any benefit of coming to exactly. the country. Of course, exactly. You know, the we were talking about uh, we were talking about what you know the the Islamic perspective in regards to treatment of others and how it's a fundamental duty. Yeah. To first of all, of course, to to serve God Almighty, to pray to Him, right, hmm. and ask Him for help and assistance. But also on the other on the other hand to treat mankind yeah. and to serve mankind as well mm-hmm. and this is exactly what the what the promised messiah upon whom be peace has said in his writings in his discourses his discussions as well that even if there was a a person from a different faith a yep. hindu for example yep and he you know his house was on fire or he was asking for help he was crying for help yep. and i was just busy praying then you know it's my duty to sort of stop my prayer right there help the person even though that person may be of a different faith yep. or may not even have faith yep and treat that person alleviate that person's pains mm-hmm. and uh, serve serve humanity serve yes serve my brother and this is a this is a fundamental duty he even said that you know if you see any sick person hmm. if you see an ill person even if he sees anyone who's on the street and who's you know literally just out cold because he's uh, maybe even drunk and he yep. has dr- drunk so much that you know he's uh, he's lost his senses and is on the floor mm-hmm. vomiting there's vomit vomits on his t-shirt or whatever yeah it's his he said that it's his duty hmm. to you know if he goes past a person like that and he sees yeah. his brother you know in this state then help him take him home help that person 
make sure he's he is you know f- feeding but feeding better exactly and treating um, with other people as well you give a very beautiful mm. example of um, someone who's drunk or someone who is in danger yeah that it is a, a duty upon you and you said the promised messiah who's the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community like all the religions are mm. waiting yeah. for a, a awaited messiah Yeah. All the major religions, all the religions actually, they they're waiting for a, a, a Messiah that will reform the the religion, and they will that Messiah will bring a change to humanity from whatever is happening now. Because all the injustices, all the immorality which is happening, is because people have forgotten uh, God's messengers. Yeah, and and people uh, and and we have accepted the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings Allah be upon him, Prophet Muhammad. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Yeah. So his Messiah is uh, we who we have accepted. And of course, through accepting him, we can truly accept the Holy Prophet because that is what he prophesied about. Now, one thing that I yeah. wanted to point out, I just wanted to say is he said that you cannot become one of me or you cannot claim yourself to be a part be of a me, part of, part me of, yeah. of or of or, or from my community if you do not go and help someone who is uh, whose house is in in fire and i think yeah. he mentioned uh, because around him there were hindus and christians uh, and buddhists i believe sikhs so, as well, so yeah. sikhs as well right so anyone any neighbor of any faith or no faith if you do not go and 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 um, help them in need then you cannot call yourself a true believer someone who believes in in a prophet especially not of the holy prophet peace mm. and blessings of allah be upon him and especially not of his as messiah uh, so this is uh, you know a very 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 important duty of us that whenever you see someone in need you must go and help that person and i think there is a i'm not sure if this is a rule of uk or belgium but i think i was reading this when i was doing my theory t- test now mm. it, it it could be it possibly could be uh, from 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 the theory test of belgium <laughs> uh, where right. it's mentioned that if you see someone in need you must call the ambulance if you don't do that mm. you can be fined wow. which is a wow. really good rule of course <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean uh, because wow. if you see someone in need you must call uh, the authorities f- for, help. for help you cannot be uh, careless and then start taking pictures and videos of mm-hmm. that person and not just care and just you know speak to the the your audience or uh, your followers that oh look what's going on you know yeah. it's it's yeah. very bad for and i feel really bad for this person <laughs> you know instead no, of mean. instead of like making video why don't you exactly. go and help that person <laughs> exactly. why exactly. don't you call the police <laughs> i mean yeah. it's I mean the society it's, it's, is breaking it's, it's down. Fight, yeah, that's the society now, isn't it? Yeah. Everything needs to be broadcasted. Everything needs to be on social media. Yeah. It's, and uh, this social media has made everyone, or made, not everyone, has made a lot of people, mm. especially the youngsters, I would say, yeah, like uh, sort of uh, emotionless mm. in this way, or fake emotions. Yeah. You know how you say, you know, just like the example that you said that. People will post it on social media that oh I feel so sorry for this person, or uh, this and that. But then actually you know, put your phone down and actually help that person. What have it? you done to help What that person? To help that person? Yeah, exactly. 
at least the least you can do is, is call for help. Yeah. Call the call nine nine or you know call for ambulance or whatever. That's the least you can do. Man, I, I don't mind if they go and help. If they make a video and they go help that person, okay, mm. I don't mind. I, I, I'm not I'm not judging your intentions. Yeah. At least you're going and helping that person, even if you do it. And you make a video and you post it and you you just show that people that you've done something good. I don't mind because you've helped that person. Maybe that will benefit the people who follow you. But this is something we have to learn that that you yourself should be helping. Yeah. And you should tell others as well to help people in need. And this is how we can change the society. I mean that's what that's what the holy that's what the holy Quran says, isn't it? In yeah. the, in Allah the Almighty says in chapter three, verse one hundred and eleven, "You are the best people ever raised for the good of mankind, mm-hmm. because you have been raised to serve others. You enjoin what is good, and forbid evil, and believe in Allah." Yeah, and that goes very much in line with what you said as well. Yeah, you know you should always you know try to become better. You should be- try to better yourself. Mm-hmm. Physically, morally, spiritually, all of these things, but also at the at the same time, tell other people what the good things are, mm-hmm. and try to spread your goodness to other people. Yeah. And if you see something bad, if you see something evil, see if you see um, something which is you know which is forbidden or something which is harmful for society, mm-hmm. take that away. You know, Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him even said that if you're walking along the street and you see a sort of a, a branch or something which can be hurtful or harmful yeah. for people, other people that mm-hmm. are walking alongside you or walking along that path, remove that mm-hmm. and that will be charity on your behalf as well. Mm-hmm. So this is what the this is what the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him said as well. Just to conclude because we're re- reaching towards the, the the end of the sh- the end of this part of the show. The promised Messiah upon whom be peace has Mizakullah Muhammad uh, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, he once stated that Allah the Almighty never forsakes those people who hold within their hearts sincere love for humanity, hmm. and that is very much in line with with Islam. Yep. Islam literally means s- service, right? Yep. Service and obedience, obedience to to the will of God Almighty, which is of course peace. Yep. He wants security. He wants all of us to be living peacefully mm-hmm. with in, in, in harmony. And we can only do that if we like for others what we like for ourselves. Exactly. So this is the teaching of Islam and it goes very much in line with uh, with the motto of our community as well, <laughs> with the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, which is love for all, hatred for none, love isn't for it? Love for hatred for none. And if we have that, if we emulate that, if we portray that and, you know, propagate that as well, then, of course, you know, the society can... Can become a better a better place. Yeah, uh, wherever wherever we are living, as well. Yeah. Love for it? all, hatred for none. And some people might think, how can we hate people who hate others or harm others? We don't love every single person, but we love the good things that they have. Of course. And of, of course, course, you can't uh, love every single person. But yeah, the time flew by, and we are at the end of the show. Thank you, everyone. But do not go anywhere. And here is news. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB. 
and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to the Drive Time Show uh, here on the Voice of Islam Radio. Um, we're talking about electric cars, electrical cars in this part of the show. And it's 2024. Is it time to switch? Is it time to switch to electric cars? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pros and cons, and a lot of people are passionate about this uh, about this topic as well. They, some people are pro, very much pro. Some people are totally against it, and some people are open for discussion as well. What are you? Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. I want to hear from from you as well, and what you have to take on on this. But Zakaria, it's. It's, it's it's a difficult change, isn't it? Because yeah. I don't personally think we we are ready because we don't have the infrastructure right now. Yeah, we don't. We simply don't have it. Hmm. We we talk about you know reducing emissions, which is very good. Yeah, we talk about this and uh, we talk about you know going electric, burning as less fossil fuels as possible. But you know, on the flip side, it's 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 quite funny because, or it's interesting, I would say because. Making batteries, obviously, yeah. there needs to be a procedure, and obviously, you there is a factory which makes the batteries. Mm-hmm. To make these electrical batteries and electrical engines and all of these electric cars and all other electrical appliances, factories make them. Yeah. And how do you supply energy to the factory? Yeah. You burn fuel. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you doing? What are you actually doing? You're you're trying to achieve something, but on the other hand, to make that goal possible you're doing the complete opposite <laughs> yeah i mean yes we some people may say that okay fine once the factory has made the battery then yes then after that you're going to go uh fuel free it's just going to be electrical and it's mm-hmm. just going to be you know run on electricity yeah okay yeah fine but what if that what if that battery runs out what if something happens to that battery it becomes faulty yeah. and you have to get rid of it mm-hmm. to get rid of it that's it's also detrimental for the environment. Exactly, so <laughs> and it takes ages to yeah, no, deposit. Don't even think you can't even think about that. That's yeah. thousands, thousands of years, thousands right? of years yeah, to longer. get rid of the radiation, yeah, decompose, and all of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they have to worry very, very low as well. I mean, still, it's very ha- it's harmful yes, for the earth. Harmful for, for it's for it's going to be harmful for the earth. Yeah. So there are. I mean, that's know, the thing, isn't it? Saying that it's totally. Up, you know, it's 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 it's. Uh, it's also good uh, and it's uh, eco-friendly uh, is something which I and, um, and you as well uh, disagree but then you know we can <laughs> there are alternatives the there alternatives, are alternatives yes, there the are thing, yeah. better ways that could actually um, be positive for the earth yeah. and that is something we will discuss that's something that we're going to discuss as well because in September uh, and I sort of hinted uh, towards this uh, in the first part of the show but the Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, actually delayed a ban on sales of new petrol and diesel cars to, to 2035. Mm-hmm. It was 30 originally, mm-hmm. but it went up by five years, 35, because the upfront cost is still quite high, especially for households struggling with the cost of living. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. That is 100% true that the you know, cost of living has gone up and uh, upfront co- cost is quite quite high as well. Yeah, But you have to understand also that if we want this, if you want to achieve this goal, we need to put funds. We need to put the funds where they're due. Yeah. If we're doing promises, if we're making promises, and we're doing all of these things, and we're doing this, uh, if we have our manifesto and we say we want to do this and achieve this and that and this goal and whatever, 
but we're not doing it. We're not doing it properly, and we're wasting money on other things. Yeah, such as we talk, talked about in the first part of the show. Hmm. We're wasting money on small things, trivial things. Then, then, then what? Then how are you actually going to achieve those goals? You're not going to, or you're going to achieve them very much later on. Yeah. Um, that is what that's what we that is what we want to discuss because across the world, a wave of uh, sort of you know these politicians have opposed electric cars, and uh, and the cost has been a key factor in their in their complaints. Mm-hmm. They do cost quite much. They are quite expensive. Yes, they might be good for the environment when you're you know when you're when you're running them, mm. when you're using your cars, and. It's not just cars. Now you see buses which are electric as well. You see vans, you know, delivery vans. They are electric, fully electric. Yep. You see buses which are fully electric. Mm-hmm. Fine, it, it is a good thing, but how expensive is it? Yep. And how much do you need to charge it? And a lot of people avoid going on, you know, even hour-long journeys. Hmm. An hour long on the motorway is not a long time. Hmm. If you're avoiding that, um, just because you don't have a place to charge your car. Yep. And these are <laughs> these are live live things, isn't it? I, I remember that was many years ago mm. um, in Belgium. Right. I uh, was fortunate to be one of the first passengers of a bus that they have that made uh, which which run on water. So that they were successful, and there was no voice at all. You know, like an engine voice or something like that, like electric electric cars, and it was running very very smoothly. But I don't know why it suddenly stopped. <laughs> this is something that uh, you know, we, you know, we need. Maybe we have to look into it. But there are alternatives, which is possible. Uh, electric cars are also fine, but then other things like water um, um hydro cars i think i believe it's uh, you know things that or the engines or that run on water is also something that people have invented and i myself have driven on one of the buses that's also something which uh, we can look into it in in future yeah, yeah. because again lithium um and the batteries that is produced yeah 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 in the african countries as well the millions of people are dying as well yeah South American countries also. Yeah, um, that's the thing, isn't it? And where they where they make these factories or where they actually dig up for lithium, yep. lithium, it's so de- detrimental for the for that ground that it makes it infertile. Yeah, and uh, it becomes barren. Yep, you can't grow any crops there, mm-hmm. and that's quite you know that's that is detrimental for for that that span of land as well that mm. place. Let's speak to our guest who's on the line with us. Peter Littlewood is a director of Young People's Trust for the Environment. Peace be upon you. Good afternoon and welcome to the show, Peter. Good afternoon. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. Just to begin with, could you tell us what uh, what YPTE is, sort of what you guys do and what what your sort of goals are? Yeah, sure. So we are um, an environmental education charity. We work with schools and young people, um, providing all sorts of information on lots and lots of different environmental issues, um, helping schools to uh, educate young people about the important stuff that they really need to know um, with regard to environmental issues. Right, right. 
So just talking about vehicles at the moment, so we have these electrical electric vehicles, and as you know, they're becoming more and more popular. <clears throat> do you think that there's enough information about them, though, or do you think that it's a little bit, you know, they're out a bit too much before we even know that much about them? I think there are. I mean, there's a fair bit of information out there already about EVs yeah. and and the way that they the, the way they work is something that probably most people don't know. I think they just kind of take it for granted that <laughs> you press the accelerator and it goes, yeah. and then you push the brake and it stops. Um, and maybe you know it, it doesn't really matter too much mm. um, about the technicalities. I mean, it involves electromagnetism and you know making um, a rotor spin. Um, in order to create the uh, the motion through the gears, but you know it, it's not something that everybody really needs to know about. Um, but I do think you know the important, the, the key messages are to do with uh, the emissions yeah. and the fact that there aren't any emissions coming from electric vehicles. I think that's a that's a really sort of key point that mm. that people need to be aware of because obviously in the case of petrol and diesel vehicles, um, whenever you're burning those fossil fuels, you're releasing um, carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, which yeah. is um, yeah, increasing climate change. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, like you mentioned, you teach these youngsters as well, children as well, so they know from from you know from a grassroots level what what actually what happens and how beneficial that they may be. But often yeah. we talk about these advantages and the benefits of EVs. But are there any disadvantages then? Yes. <laughs> uh, there are disadvantages as well. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, in this country at the moment, we've got uh, about 950,000 or so EVs on the road. Um, we've got 50,000 public chargers. Um, and, of course, those chargers take at least 30 minutes to charge a car mm. um, at the moment. And that's, that causes problems at, at particular times. I mean... Uh, service stations in particular, um, yeah. they're supposed to have a minimum of six EV charging points at each service right. station, but quite a lot of them don't manage that. And yeah. of course, even if you do at a busy time, there could be loads of people with their, their EVs waiting to charge. And instead of at a petrol pump, you know, two or three minutes maybe of putting the fuel in the car, it's half an hour of charging time yeah. minimum yeah. each time. So that's a problem for a start. But then you've got the environmental impacts as well, because, yeah, okay. Uh, electric vehicles don't produce um, CO2 emissions, they don't produce carbon dioxide, that's great. Mm. But of course, I think you were just discussing things like the lithium um, in the batteries and the cobalt that goes into the, the, the um, you know electric vehicle components yeah. as well, and the fact that they're, you know, particularly in the case of cobalt, uh, a lot of that comes from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, the people who are mining the cobalt tend to be children and, and women mm. on the whole, minimal sorts of equipment um you know it's, it's basically sort of sitting on the surface pretty much it's fairly easy to get at but it's really toxic and so it's really really harmful to not only the workers but people who live anywhere in the vicinity of, of the mines and i think you were discussing about lithium and how much um that causes pollution of, of groundwater because so much water is used in kind of getting the salts in the first place um yeah. and uh, so there are definite downsides to electric vehicles as well. It's not, it's not the case that it's a sort of miracle cure for all environmental issues. Um, what, it, what they do help with is um, reducing carbon dioxide emissions. That's, yeah. that's a definite thing um, mm -hmm. that they, they really do help with. Um, but then again, that's more nuanced than you might think. In this country, I think pretty much all EV charging points run off renewable energy. And so, that, you know, genuinely, they're not producing any... Um, 
carbon emissions. Yeah, in other parts emissions. of the yeah. world, in other parts of the world, we might be finding though that um, you know the power is actually coming from a coal-fired power station. Yeah. So although you don't see the smoke <laughs> coming out the back of the car, yeah. it doesn't mean that it's not actually you know there's not actually fossil fuels being burned to create that energy in the first place. Yeah. So mm. you know depending on where you are in the world, an EV might not be quite as clean a solution as, as you may think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, well, the the the, the youngsters nowadays, um, of course, they they in future, if they stay in the UK or uh, the developing countries where they're actually pushing for EVs, um, you know, of course, they they will be in future. They will be driving electric cars. So, how is awareness being spread among the youngsters about the future of EVs? I think young people are really quite aware already about EVs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a recent survey, I think it was done a couple of years ago by the Office of National Statistics, and they found that uh, about 52% of young people aged between 16 and 29 yeah. wanted to own an electric vehicle as their next car. Um, it doesn't necessarily mm. match up with reality, <laughs> um, yeah. because, you know, recently um, there have been other surveys that have shown that actually the vast majority of young people, when they buy their first car, it tends to be a petrol or a diesel model. Mm-hmm. And, and price is one of the key reasons for that, yeah, obviously. Because you know, it's EVs cheaper, yeah. Are, yeah, EVs are more expensive, um, and they're more, more expensive to insure as well, which is another thing. It's, it's a new phenomenon, really, that's come in the last sort of couple of years, I think, that um, insurance companies have realised that when an electric vehicle needs a repair, it can be quite an expensive business. Mm. And so the insurance premiums have gone up a lot. And obviously, if you're a young driver, you... Um, you pay a heavy sort of premium yeah. anyway for yeah. being a young driver. So increasing that as well by having an EV makes it really, really expensive. Mm. Um, so you can understand why young people aren't necessarily, you know, choosing an electric vehicle as their first car. But I think it's it's inevitable that EVs are the way forward. I yeah. think it's just that this country isn't quite set up yet. I mean, we, we're reckoning on needing about 2 million public charging points by mm. 2030. Um, and we've got thousand or so at the moment so it's about wow. 700 a day every day between now and then i think have to be um, put in which isn't that likely i don't think i mean but you know the real complications come with um the amount of energy that's required in the grid if you're going to put loads of electric vehicle charging points in you need to increase the grid's capacity as well and mm. that is and you know, national grid are fairly confident they can do it but again it's something that takes time it's not an instant fix um mm. and so it, it's going to take a bit of time to get there but i know that certainly all the young people i speak to are really interested in and quite excited by electric vehicles mm. um, and i mean they're definitely fun to drive um i mean I, I don't actually own one myself i'm afraid because i can't afford one quite frankly um mm. but i'm hoping that my next vehicle will be an electric one um because that is clearly that's the way we ought to be heading um and as soon as i can i want to be in Yeah, I, I hope it it gets cheaper, as in especially for the youngsters as well. Because yeah, if yeah. They, in in future, if they uh, uh, if we are bound to buy electric vehicles, uh, if there is a rule in future that only electric cars will be out, then uh, I hope that they'll make it cheaper as well, especially for youngsters when they have to insure the cars. Uh, so I hope it'll become more available uh, for the people. Um, yeah. 
And lastly, from my side, um, where can our listeners find out more about the YPTE and uh, what information can you provide? Um, they can go to our website, which is ypte.org.uk. And there they can find information on all kinds of things, including electric vehicles. Um, all they've got to do is in the top right-hand corner of the website, there's a little search bar and they can type in whatever topic they're interested in mm -hmm. and they'll get a whole range of resources um, on whatever topic it is. Uh, for schools as well, we provide uh, lots of downloadable lesson plans on all kinds of environmental issues. Um, and so, you know, they can get involved there. We also do free talks for schools. So, okay. again, schools can um, get involved that way. Well, wonderful. Perfect. Thank you very much, uh, Peter. Um, the for for coming on and answering our questions and uh, thank you very much for your time no problem thanks so much for having me thank you very much, much. Peace, be upon peace be upon you so it, it is something which uh, it is coming into play but as uh, you know as, as, as peter mentioned as well it is quite expensive isn't it hmm. especially if you're a young driver or a first driver and uh, you're you're you know you're you're getting onto the road <clears> you're looking for you know you're looking for a car to buy the electric car might not always be <laughs> the one that's available yeah because obviously it, it is quite expensive to yeah. to own a to own a an electric car you know it's sometimes it, will, it might even be double you know compared to a diesel or a pet or a petrol car as well yeah. diesel cars these days here in the UK I mean in London it had the price has gone down because of the ULEs and mm -hmm. how how much ULEs has spread, because now electric now uh, petrol cars are sort of worth a little bit more. Mm. But on top of that, you have the electric cars, and these electric cars might not always be the best. Might not always be the best option because, for instance, if you want to, if you're a driver that goes on long distances, if you go in and out of cities, yep. if that's your sort of daily not daily but if that's part of your routine and that's part of your job then having to charge your car every single day for half an hour minimum yep that might not be the best option it might just be better just to get a diesel car yeah isn't the, it the time that's a, big, that, that's a big problem the time that is spent you know just to charge if, it. if you want to go from a to b especially for long distances, hmm. let's say me going from here to to France, for example, yeah. uh, it'll take me four or five hours, maybe to Paris, maybe six, seven hours, whatever, yeah. six hours, let's say. Um, with a petrol car, a diesel car, it will take me six hours. You know, if I don't miss it, the ferry or the train, whatever. Everything is running smoothly. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. It, it will take me, according to whatever the sat nav is showing me, it will take me according. To that time, and I will reach there. Uh, pretty much around pretty that time. Much yeah. Around that time, but with the uh, with the EVs, um, you cannot you cannot tell because it depends how long you can last with you. Because mm. once it, it will save first, it will take you seven hours. But if you have to charge for two or three times on the way, then you have to have to add the half an hour or one hour wait yeah. that you have to yeah, exactly. do for for, for 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 charging the the vehicles as and, well. And that's only if you if you get that charging port straight away. Yeah. If you have to wait because someone else is using it. Oh yes, and they're limited <laughs> as well, right? And what I heard 
from one of uh, the EV, um, you know, owners. Uh, I think last year I was speaking to someone, and they were saying that if you have like three or two charging ports, right, and someone is already using it, then the other one will not be as fast mm. as it if, if there is no mm. one there. So right, the, the right, power right. is also shared. Yeah. So, so it's like say, a house when you open up different taps in different rooms. Yeah. So you open up in the bathroom, in the kitchen, maybe you have a different toilet. Yes. So the 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 pressure will be less. It's like exactly. that. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is an issue as well. Wow. So again, I mean, <laughs> I mean that's the first I haven't know, heard that before. We were discussing this uh, earlier and last year as well. And at the end of the show, I was thinking that okay, I'm, I think I'm going to keep. Keep my uh, keep petrol my petrol class. head. Petrol <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna change anytime soon, unless yeah. Yeah. unless uh, you know in future, if they reduce the charging times from half an hour to 15 minutes or 10 minutes, then I might think. I mean, that's a big it. thing, isn't it? That's that's a big thing. What people are concerned about because yeah. you have to look at it from a practical perspective as well. Hmm. Yes, electric cars, EVs, they don't produce any carbon emissions. Which is fine, yeah, that, that, and that's very good. That is very good because mm-hmm. you're looking out for the environment. Hmm. But is it actually practical yeah. to get it, right? And what our guest was speaking about before, Peter, hmm. he was saying that, obviously we were discussing this before as well, that to actually mine the, lith- the lithium, hmm. that, you know, mainly which is done in Congo, a lot of the people, the Republic of Congo, a lot of the people over there are children who are doing this job. Hmm. And what you, you can't even imagine what sort of protection they have. Obviously, they don't have the right equipment and the right gear and this is, that, they, that they're wearing. Uh, there is a sad reality. Sad. It that, is a sad reality. Uh, that the things that we're using, our mobile phones, the batteries, everything we're using, we are at the comfort zone where we have everything. Yes, hmm. we do. But... You know, millions of people are dying in Africa to make the lithium for us. So, mm. you know, we don't see where it's coming from. We don't see what the harm is of yeah. the lithium. Yeah. We don't see if they're even being cared. If if they, if if whoever is bringing the lithium, whoever is responsible, if they mm. even care for their health, no. We don't yeah. see that. Yeah, we don't see that. Yeah, they, they don't have, they don't care at all, and this is very, very unfortunate. Mm. Very unfortunate that yes, petrol and diesel cars, no one is dying of it directly. Yeah, because it's just coming from the ground and people yeah. are using it. Uh, from okay, the sea, yeah, and, and uh, from the sea. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, uh, th- th- there is emissions that coming coming out from it. Okay. In the long term, it will be harmful for the earth, but mm. now. The yeah. lithium batteries are coming out. First but hand people are first hand yeah. people are experiencing and and dying for the lithium batteries. Yeah, that's the w- w- that's you know, the sad reality. It, it hits hits me in in the brain that I don't think if I just think is that, that worth it? Yeah, is it worth it? Yeah, even I'm using my phone and uh, my laptop, whatever is you know been run through batteries. Is it worth it? Mm. Why are they dying? Um, you know, because of course, the if someone dies, um, and and that person is innocent, hmm. we should care for that person as well, right? So we 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 do pray and we we hope that 
the the people whoever is mining there that they get a a um, their safety uh, available for them because mm. there's literally at the moment there's no safety at all yeah you know this is what uh, Allah the Almighty says in the Holy Quran as well yep. the, uh, sort of a solution for this mm. he says in chapter 19 verse 64 and the true servants of the gracious god are those who walk on the earth humbly Yep. Now what is this verse has you know can mean a lot of different things as well. Mm-hmm. But one interpretation could also be that yes we do because we're living in the we're living in the 21st century. Yeah. Technology is progressing at a very very rapid state. Even yep. if you look at a decade ago, two decades ago, three decades ago, we wouldn't we can't even imagine what we have right now. Yeah. And the it's just going to get more and more and more. Hmm. So with all of these technological advancements hmm. with all of these every, sort of you know whatever you want you can get at a click of a finger yep. you can you can do that you can get that but on the other hand if you're just taking it for granted if you're just taking it buying all of these things and not actually thinking back and saying you know i have this tablet in front of me i have this laptop i have this phone i have an electric car or whatever hmm. in front of me at my disposal and i'm just using it willy-nilly yeah what how did this actually get made and if you look at it and you know we look at it from that perspective that you know uh, a mining in in republic of congo or you know another place in africa or south america or where or any other place children are dying because of this hmm. and you know you that you don't feel guilty in in that regard then that's something that's a reality check as well yeah but also what we can do is then we can give we can give charity yep that's that true. is something that we can do if we're buying electric cars which are quite expensive hmm. if we are buying new and new smartphones right smartphones are quite expensive these mm-hmm. days uh if we're buying these tablets and various other things laptops and all you know a lot of a lot of the things which have batteries mm-hmm. if we're buying all these televisions but the amount of charity that we give is nothing then you know that puts us into perspective what sort of person we are oh yeah if we if we sort of you know if we give back to the society if we give back to the world if we give charity if we give if we pay all of these you know funds to take care of the poor take care of the of the needy take care of the of the those people who are living in destitute those people who are living in poor conditions third world countries if we you know sort of trying our best to give charity to them yeah then that's some that's that, that's something that we should be doing isn't mm. it yeah and that is a fundamental teaching of islam as we mentioned before that the promised messiah upon whom be peace he said that there's two parts of religion we mentioned this before as we have done in previous shows that one is to fulfill the rights of god which yeah. is understood right mm-hmm. to worship him and obey him but the second is to fulfill the rights of mankind exactly now if we know people who are struggling what we can do is we can we can give them charity we can you know help them first hand if not we can give charity we can we can give or donate money to these different charities uh which can actually go out there and help them first hand yep or we can even we can even pray for them also yep and this is something which islam has taught us and okay. that is what the promised messiah upon whom be peace the founder of the ahmadiyya muslim community has actually said that you know when there's when he laid down the community he said that there are 10 different conditions which every ahmadiyya muslim should try to act upon yep Now the 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 ninth condition is to serve humanity. Yep. Um and in that entails all of the service that we have towards humanity. Mm-hmm. 
irrespective of their background. Doesn't matter if they're rich or poor. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if they're a Muslim or a non-Muslim mm-hmm. or an atheist. Doesn't matter, you know, what what's the color of their skin. If yep. they're a male or a female, anything yep. doesn't matter what their background is. Yep. We need our, we need to try our best to help uh, those people who are in need as well. And that is something that we can do. That is what Islam has taught us, and that is what the Promised Messiah, upon whom be peace has taught us as well, that exactly. you know, this is what Islam is. And it just reminded me of another um, point, another, mm. um, you can say, another uh, condition yeah. of the ten conditions of uh, of the initiation or the bath, yeah, yeah. as we call, of the Promised Messiah. And he said that we should not be harming any creature, yeah, yeah. particularly any creature or humans, Absolutely. particularly Muslims, Absolutely. of course. And... Uh, we see that of course indirectly we harming but we not it's it's out of our control hmm. so therefore you know you beautifully explain that we should be given charity yeah. so that the the charity can go to those people who are in need who are in trouble who are uh, you know suffering yeah and that will at least compensate of the things that you feel pity of or the things that you feel like why is it like this I wish, I hope, I pray that they had a better life, yeah. right? And, you know, one other thing that we are always reminded is istighfar, which means um, seeking forgiveness from God Almighty. Mm. Something that we do directly or indirectly, something that is known or in no, unknown mm-hmm. to us. Mm. So I think for myself as well, and I can ask others as well to do, ask forgiveness yeah. to the Creator for the injustices that are happening to the people in the world. Absolutely. Uh, th- this is the, the least we can do. That's the this least, the we, least can we can do. The least we can and do. at least God will be somehow pleased with us that we're at least praying for, for, for the forgiveness for you know the sh- our shortcomings yeah. from our part that we cannot help. This is the only. This is the least we can do, That's and of course, and of course, we can we can try to make changes around the world that uh, people in need they can you know they they can be helped, of course. But again, we've spoken a lot about um, the um, the negative effects of uh, the <laughs> lithium batteries. But yeah. what is what is the future like? Um, you know, if you look at these stats, um, yeah. For example, according to ZapMap, a, which is a you know, comprehensive app that lets you search for EV charging points, um, they uh, pub, uh, published an article on the 5th of December 2023, last year actually. And yeah. what they said is um, that uh, at the end of November 2023, there are around 950,000 fully electric cars on UK roads. Mm. Another point that they mentioned was that more than 265,000 battery electric cars were registered in 2022, which is a growth of 40% on 2021. So Mm. we Mm. see that there is a growth in um, electric cars and people buying it more and more. And in November 2023, 15.6% of all new cars registering, uh, uh, car registrations were electric vehicles with 24,359 new electric cars registered. Mm. And as of the end of uh, October 2023, 
there were more than 50,000 electric fans in the UK and I've seen yeah. lots of vans yeah, with electric of, fans as well yeah yeah, uh, l- yeah I've actually, delivery vans or whatever yeah so it, yeah. sometimes I see more electric vans than mm. normal electric cars wow. which is also uh, that's positive well. which, which is positive, positive I mean yeah. you see public transport as well buses you yeah. see buses which are fully electric oh also. yes yeah buses are electric so it, as well. it is a good thing mm-hmm. it is a good thing that we are it's a, it, it is a good direction that we're going towards mm-hmm. if it, in terms of uh, in terms of reducing the uh, you know reducing the carbon emissions mm-hmm. which is uh, which is very good we've got another guest who is on the line, Hanif Khan. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon you. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, peace be upon you, brothers. I was just listening to your show. I found it quite interesting. Um, it's just seeing how uh, electric vehicles have kind of changed the way people hmm. think about cars, really. And yeah. uh, I kind of understood that is it a good thing or a bad thing? There's loads of pros and cons. But one of the angles that I just wanted to talk to a little bit about was what are the reasons for having like electric cars, especially in the cities of places like London, Manchester? and hmm. Because you, you guys mentioned it earlier about pollution. I know, hmm. and you spoke about batteries as well, what it, the issues that related to creating the batteries. But actually, if we look at what it's trying to achieve in the overall kind of spectrum of things is the health of our nation really mm-hmm. i mean if you look at london alone with all the pollution that happens is that we have children growing up about four thousand young children every year with stunted growth of their lungs and what that basically means is because of the pollution they will suffer from illnesses like asthma and breathing problems and they'll have stunted growth in their lungs and they'll live with that for the rest of their life. So there's lots of health issues that are related, and there are people who are making choices to buy an electric car. One, obviously, for health reasons, not just for their own self, but obviously because they feel that they want to contribute to society and think about, yeah, the health of the nation. Mm. Although you mentioned earlier about the infrastructure, but there's always this transition, isn't there? that people need to do before things become materialized. And the other point I wanted to make was that if you imagine in the 1945, London itself used to have all these massive manufacturing stations that used to push out loads of pollution and factories building everything. Today, you don't see them in London because people realized how dangerous they were for the health of you know our country. Mm-hmm. So you would never, if you were replanning a city, you wouldn't plan with manufacturing taking place in the city. You would have a, a well-organized transport system that includes not only people changing their mode of transport to either buying electric cars or using, which you mentioned earlier, you know, electric buses, um, trains, etc. So I think it's, uh, you know, it, it's an important decision to make for people. And are they, do they worry about their children growing up, walking down the road, going to school in the morning and having to walk along cars that are pushing out loads of pollution <laughs> and particulars that are yeah. affecting their lungs? Yeah. You know, it's, these are things I think we need to also need to look at. Uh, and I, quite, I, I agree with you in this, uh, in this regard as well. I think the government or the people who are at the top sort of need to ensure that we have the infrastructure in place then 
if we have this goal of if 2035 yeah. um, to reduce as many uh, petrol and diesel cars as, as, as possible and introduce these electric cars and reduce the carbon emissions to zero then i think uh, it's it's a positive is a positive yeah. step towards I, that way I, that I we're think we'll ever we'll ever achieve that to zero every car every uh complete zero emissions yeah. but we yeah. need to get it to a level where the natural environment can manage itself mm. because if you look in the hot weathers over big cities around the world like uh mexico for example you can see the pollution literally with your own eyes yeah um, you look at London, if you imagine during our two lockdowns, suddenly when there were no cars on the road, how clean was the air? Could you mm-hmm. even imagine it to be that way? So that's the kind of aim that we're trying to do. We're trying to get people to think about changing their mode of transport and when they're buying their next car, what car are they going to buy? Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily feel that it has to be literally an electric car, the next car they'd buy. As long as they buy a car that's compliant with what the requirements are, for you know, for example, so you less for example, so you wouldn't have to charge. I mean, having a Euro six diesel car, but actually, I think electric cars are one way to go ahead. And you mentioned about electric vans, and mm. I think the government has a massive responsibility in that it needs to allow businesses to one invest in electric charge points and allow the local authorities to be given the the money and the infrastructure to build them. And you've got different things a lot like around your street for example if you've got one household that's thinking about buying an electric car mm. are they going to put in a lamp column charge on that street mm. are they going to do it maybe not yeah. but if there were three or four cars they might consider it but then the challenge that you have is that you've only got a certain number of parking spaces outside that's your the, house that's the problem as well. yeah mm. yeah so I think two things need to happen simultaneously. The responsibility from local authority and government needs to play its hand. And then the people need to buy them. And it's like demand and supply. And during this process, there's always that challenge, isn't it? Of who's winning and who's losing and who can afford it and can't afford it. But there has to be an end goal. And the end goal, I believe, personally, is the health of our nation. And we are custodians, as you know, this of this planet. And we have to look after it. And how we're we doing it is also another conundrum. I think you raised brilliant issues at the beginning of the show of the the, the mining that goes on to produce these batteries yes. in certain countries is creating a lot of a lot of damaging. It's you know where do we draw the line yeah. and, mm. and how do we do it? And but I think ultimately we need to make conscious decisions that look after everybody and and obviously look at the prosperity of the country one of the most important things that we have as a society is the security of our energy. If we had good, sufficient reserves of energy, we wouldn't be in a constant energy crisis. We could have managed that properly to keep the energy prices down. Hmm. But obviously electric cars do it. And then there's the job opportunities and a new world of um, job opportunities where people can learn and educate and industry is developed and the whole skill set is developed and we've got transformation of skills where people are learning as electricians to now install heat pumps in people's homes mm. and and then the development of car batteries that we can build them in this country properly then there's lots of job opportunities but as we develop the car batteries and electric vehicles they will improve the next generation of batteries 
will solve a lot of the problems that you've been describing of yeah. taking longer to charge, don't have the distance, and the places where we can charge them. The next generation of electric car batteries will charge instantly and go for a lot longer and will be cheaper to produce with less uh, wastage of raw material. So it's a transition that we have to go. And if you look at a curve, where is the curve acceptable to where it becomes okay for society? Mm-hmm. So I think I just wanted to bring that element into your conversation, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, thank you for thank you for that as well. Just uh, just lastly, wh- which uh, yeah. electric car do you drive then? So my <laughs> next car will be an electric car, <laughs> but it probably won't be the most expensive that you can buy. <laughs> because and, and I probably are holding off to to buy the electric car with the next generation of car batteries. Yeah, um, yeah. Sure. I, I think that's the way. For, and industry is heading that way massively. And we've got lots of big car manufacturers who are now investing in the United Kingdom to build uh, plants where they will build uh, the batteries. And I think that's really important. And the sooner we get to that, the sooner it's going to be better. We can avoid having cars with engines, with combustional engines that pollute mm. our environment. So, yeah, I mean, I, do you drive an electric car? Or can you afford one, I say? <laughs> that's no the thing, that's the thing. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a very, very big question. But next time, next time, you know, you come, you come to the Voice of Islam, I'll, I'll be expecting you uh, coming into the mosque with you, with your EV car, <laughs> with your electric yeah, vehicle, so hopefully, it's, inshallah. Well, let, let's see, you know, you never know. Or maybe a hybrid. You know, maybe, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. I think Brother Thank Hanif, uh, Brother Hanif uh, yeah. has um, alternatives as well. I think whenever possible, you cycle as well. I remember uh, yeah. we, I had you on the shows. Uh, we used to present together, and I remember yeah. most of the time you came by a bike as well, right? So there are alternatives. Yeah. It is it is mm. possible. Absolutely. So would you? Yeah. Yeah. So what is your thought? What, what alternatives can we use? Uh, there, there are options if you. Is it? So uh, sorry, again, so what, what options? Yeah, I mean. Now, as you know, you've got e-bikes. Yeah. Mm. E-bikes are so good for people to to go into London. And one of the biggest problems when people got to a certain age, they thought, well, I can't cycle into London. Uh, Do I have the energy and the strength? But e-bikes give that ability where you don't need to exert much pressure. Mm. Again, it's the infrastructure. And in London, especially with the mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, Mm. he's pushing very heavily on cycle lanes. Yeah. And making it easier for people to feel safe that's one of the biggest hindrances of people cycling is um, having segregated cycle lanes so they feel safe so yeah the alternative measures that are available like cycling and e-bikes are brilliant and it's cheaper as well i mean you can get from a to b where suddenly the train is not there or the tram is not there or you're sitting in london in traffic trying to get a taxi from a to b Mm. what a lot of people do is download an app they find out where the nearest e-bike is, they plug it in, yeah. they pay whatever, 20p, 30p, £4, whatever it is. I mean, it's not that yeah. much at all. Yeah. They go and look at the bike, unlock the bike, cycle where they need to get to 20 minutes, or invariably would have taken them probably an hour in the car or half an hour by train, mm. and they're at their location. And you'll see that. So all we need are people who are fit and healthy, who are a certain age, that can look at alternative modes of transport, and that allows then for electric van businesses to operate, elderly people will get to their doctor's appointment, nurses, care workers to get to their patients without sitting in traffic. So mm-hmm. people like us make conscious decisions to look at alternative ways of transport. 
or, or movement, it then allows the people who definitely need the vehicle or uh, to get to where they need to get to. An electric vehicle is a very conscious way of getting around. Yeah. Well, and Yves Khan, uh, an advocate for, for electric vehicles. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking <laughs> to you, you. This, uh, this afternoon. As-salamu alaykum. Peace okay, be upon you. brothers. Thank you. As-salamu alaykum. I mean, I mean, live. Uh, I mean, uh, we we had a we, we had a guest, we had a we had a we had a caller as well, and quite interesting getting their perspective uh, on, on on this show as well. And I think that's quite practical as well. He gave some practical steps and yep. some practical some practical advice as well for people mm-hmm. who, are especially coming into busy cities such as London, um, like he mentioned, if you if you want to get into London at peak times, it can take over an hour. And the journey might only be for two, three, two, three miles. Um, you can't even imagine that, right? And you, you know, if you get, if you hop on your bike, or if you find an electric bike, you know, you find it, pay, pay, pay a few pounds, and then you're gonna be, you're gonna get to your your destination. Yeah, and sometimes that's it. it's cheap. Actually, it's cheaper. Yeah, cheaper. it is. It is much, much cheaper. It's but much I don't cheaper. know if it's safe or not because. Uh, hmm. <laughs> Driving into London is a bit. <laughs> yeah, because you know? uh, I've I've seen cyclists, and unfortunately, because I've yeah, uh, you know, in Holland, I've been in Holland. Holland is a different and uh, and, and Belgium and Germany as well, right? Yeah, where they have proper roads for yeah, cyclists. Prob- but the th- the thing is, is that if you go to these European countries, right, the yeah. the roads are one hundred percent better. <laughs> and I will say that with my chest because. Yeah, you've been uh, recently um, to, the, to Europe es- as well. Especially yeah. when it comes to Holland, right? In Netherlands, it's it's the the, the roads are they they've literally got um, lanes, proper proper lanes yeah. for the bikes, and the roads are so big uh, in Germany as well that uh, you can there's enough space for mm. for the bikes for the bike riders to ride their bikes, yeah. for the cars to drive their cars. But over here in the UK, what we do, or especially here in London. Um, is that the roads are so thin and what they want to introduce is bike lanes in those thin roads so the yeah. roads are even more thin yeah and obviously you know that just makes driving so difficult it's, because it's annoying so. and, and you know I see cyclists going next to me yeah and they're going faster than <laughs> they're going faster <laughs> <laughs> they're already faster yeah they're already faster <laughs> you know sometimes yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, I should have taken my yeah, bike literally it's, that's it's, the that's the thing isn't it that's the thing but look, look, I think I think it's a good initiative, but because obviously protecting bike uh, bike riders and cyclists, I think that that is a good thing because in London especially they are in danger because of the ro- because of but the, they are how also the a danger are. for us. For the, the, for us. <laughs> the reason is you see um, in in uh, in Europe hmm. uh, in Belgium especially. Um, and in Holland as well, in other countries, they teach you how to ride teach bikes you, yeah. from a or young from age. From younger at school. So we yeah. know the rules. And if police sees you, you know, breaking a rule whilst, like, like, like drivers, right? Whilst you are uh, cycling, they can find you. They can mm. stop you. And sometimes what they do is uh, for drivers, you have this. Um, you know, you have to take certain amount of lessons, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, before you can start driving or something like that, right? So you have that there as well. Hmm. That if if you made a, a mistake, a fault, yeah, uh, you're going you to get fined. You can get fined, and you have to take classes. You have to take yeah that, that course. Yeah. Youngsters, they have they are being taught there how to cycle. So, but here, unfortunately, 
there's no rule there's, for there's cyclists. Rule for, at yeah, all. there's a rule for that. So it's, it becomes difficult for both. They can go on the red light if they want. It's yeah, fine for them. It's fine for them. <laughs> it's fine for them. <laughs> and we're just there seeing in our cars. We're <laughs> <laughs> seeing four or five cyclists go past <laughs> us. And think like, that's, where, that's what am I doing? That's how it is. That's how it is. But um, then, yeah, we've got um, this whole thought as well because we've got this. Uh, uh, I want to play this uh, this audio clip of His Holiness. Where he spoke about, uh, you know, ex- explaining the use of explaining the use of uh, sort of cars, isn't it? And uh, how we can use them less to mm. to travel. Mm-hmm. It's very brief, so we'll just play that right now. My question is: How important is it for Ahmadi Muslims to fight climate change? Very important. You should try to avoid using your car while traveling for a short distance. Either walk to that place or use bicycle. Hmm? Right? Yeah. Cycling is good for your health as well. Secondly, every MD should make it a point that he should plant two trees every year. This is how you can fight climate change. If you are here, if we have 30,000 Ahmadis here in the UK or more, then every year we plant 60,000 trees. If not possible here, then those who travel to other countries, they can plant trees there. So in this way, we can help control climate change. And that was the advice of His Holiness, the worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, the fifth caliph, of the promised Messiah, upon whom be peace, Hazrat Mirza Masur Ahmad may Allah be his helper, giving us very practical advice, isn't it? How we can fight climate change. Yeah. And we've seen it happen. That's, there's a lot of people who just use their cars, even if they have to go through, you know, a, f- a few a few meters, a yeah. few meters away, a few hundred meters away, just to go to the grocery shop or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but that's something that we can do, isn't it? We can reduce the amount of, um, you know, d- reduce the how much we drive. And also, we can cycle to wherever we need to go. Also, we can plant trees, and uh, that's a very practical thing that we can do. And I know that the youth of the organization, the youth um, auxiliary organization, the women's auxiliary organization, has taken the lead in this regard as well. That uh, that they that they do this, um, and it's part of their sort of their their annual, you know, programs as well. Well, you know, like you mentioned before, it's been an it's been a very jam-packed show with uh, with uh, with a lot of different uh, takes on. We just spoke about the NHS before and electric cars, and and I think uh, you know it's uh, it's something that we will continue to talk about in the future because yeah. it's such a prevalent uh, topic. Um, today's show was produced by Sabiha Tariq and Rabah Nasir. Um, thank you to them, and of course uh, Zakaria. It was a pleasure to present with you as Same well. Same ways. And um, the technical department as well, thank you to them and to you as well. Thank you for listening. Until next time, as alaikum.